Hello, and thank you for tuning into Gifted Insights, the true crime podcast that's dedicated to examining the most unimaginable cases through the paranormal lens of our amazing psychic Gina Nissanoff. Together with host, Kurt Dillon, this dynamic duo, along with other co-hosts and companions, delve deep into some of the most unorthodox, bizarre, and so far, unsolvable cases from all over the world. Join this team of extraordinary super sleuths as they endeavor to unlock the secrets that have so far eluded some of the world's finest investigators. This is the Gifted Insights Podcast. And here's your host, Kurt Dillon. And thank you for joining me, your host, Kurt Dillon, for this, the very first episode of Gifted Insights with my fantastic co-host and very talented world-class psychic, Gina Nisanoff. Tonight, we are going to delve deep into the alphabet murders. Yes, that's right, the tragic story of those three little girls that were all killed in Rochester, New York, back from 1971 to 1973. To this date, that case remains unsolved. There are some suspects, there are some evidence, we've gotten the FOIA requests, we have the police reports, we have the crime scene photos. Tonight, we are going to pour over all that information, and Gina is going to bestow upon us her unique insights on what she thinks and how she feels this case unfolds. So you don't want to go anywhere. This promises to be one of the best spiritual podcasting experiences you've ever had. So sit back, stand by, don't go anywhere, because the very first episode of Gifted Insights starts now. believe the price of dog food is getting outrageous and if i want to save a few bucks i have to carry a 50 pound bag of kibble up the stairs into my apartment there has to be a better way there is i'm so glad you said something you poor thing we've been using tummytimepetsupplies.com for over a year now tummy time pet supplies what's that tummytimepetsupplies.com they have all the major brands and most smaller brands as well in fact, we not only get all of our dog and cat supplies there, but they also have everything we need for Brett's chinchilla, Ashley's ferrets, Haley's iguana, and even Jordan's pet tarantula. Wow, they sell all that? And more. But what's best about TummyTimePetSupplies.com is that they ship everything through Amazon Fulfillment. That means that everything you order gets delivered right to your door, and if you're an Amazon Prime customer, shipping is almost always free. That really sounds incredible, but I bet it's super expensive. Mark just got laid off and I can't afford all those special conveniences for a while. Nonsense. In fact, Tummy Time offers some of the most reasonable prices anywhere. You really have to be a whiz and coupon shopping to beat their everyday prices, and when they run sales, forget about it. I can't believe it, an incredible selection, great prices, and right to your door service. So what do you think? I think the next time I buy anything for my pets I'm going to TummyTimePetSupplies.com. I think that's a very wise choice. Me too. That's right. For all your pet needs it's TummyTimePetSupplies.com. Remember TummyTimePetSupplies.com.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me this evening for our first inaugural episode of the Gifted Insights Podcast with our special guest host, Gina Nissanoff, a well-acclaimed psychic. Been doing this for a long time. Gina, it's so good to have you as part of the show. Also in the background, in the periphery, we have April Hill. Hey, everyone. It's April. And of course, me, your host, Kurt Dillon. So we're going to get right into it because these are going to be shorter podcasts than the ones we're used to. I know Gina's got some really interesting information on this already. She's ready to share with you. So by all means, Gina, take it away. Well, I just had gotten pictures uh, today of the victims and the actual murder. And I like to work with just the pictures of the victims and the murder and any sort of crime scene or area photos. I don't like to get anything about the cases in particular. So I just took that information and very quickly I came up with that this particular crime, the thing that I came up with was that this particular murder was somewhere in the, he lived in the area and he knew at least one of the victims, father, if not both parents. So he was somewhat acquainted with one of them. This, this would have been somebody that they would have known. He also had some sort of delusion. And this feels like from what I can gather, this was some sort of a, a ritual that he had had some sort of vision in his mind that if he had went after these particular individuals, because he singled them out, he singled them out based upon their names is what I can gather. They've got first and last name starting with the same letter, that there was some something about them that he had to, he was told to do this. So this was um, some sort of ritual type of a situation. I did pick up that there was one of the victims and it was the one with the round face. The first picture I saw, she didn't have pigtails, but then the next picture that I did, she did, but I was like, oh, there's uh, somebody with pigtails and they have a red dress on with white underneath. And then the next picture I actually saw that there was a dress and she had pigtails. He believed that if he had done this, to these individuals with these things, with their names, he would somehow be rewarded. That this was not an act of God, clearly, but it was, um, he had some sick fantasy that he was going to get rewarded for this. Fantastic. Um, Just a quick question. Are you feeling that it's the same person that killed all three girls? Because that was a lot of, in the case, there's a lot of contention of whether or not the first girl was actually killed by the same person that killed the other two. I believe it was the other piece of information that I forgot to write down, but I, it, I got it as well. This was done in a, in a below. So this was done in a basement, I believe. Um, and he dragged one, he, he definitely dragged one of the girls outside, but there was, it, it was done in the basement. I, I'm, I don't see more than one because this doesn't feel that way to me. More than one killer. I'm sorry to be specific. No, that's great. That's that's fantastic. Now, so you know, because I obviously you didn't want to be apprised of any of the details that we know before you I, got your reading. So correct. now that we've we've gotten what you got, I'll let you know. The first girl, her name is Carmen Cologne, actually escaped from him for a short period Ooh. of time and was running down the highway against the flow of traffic naked from the waist down over wow. 40 
passers-by saw this happen, and he caught up to her and, and caught her and put her back in the car. So he absolutely did drag her at some point. I and, felt and they, they absolutely that. I did feel with her in particular, because she was the first person that, that I looked at, that there was, she felt like she was, and I said initially, she felt like she was being watched. So this would have been prior to her being abducted because she was always looking over. But I did feel like when he had taken her, that he came from behind. And the other, the, the other young lady, the one with the pigtails, the one with the round face. And I don't, and like I said, I didn't get their names, all of their names. Really, it's not something I retained. But this one, Michelle Mayenza. This one had such a gripping fear and she was so in shock when, and she, she left wherever she was going. She was very happy. And when he grabbed her or when he abducted her, she had such a gripping fear that it was paralyzing. She couldn't even move or scream. And then when that wore off, there was just like, she knew, she knew there was no, yeah. But it was, it was, I, I almost felt like I was paralyzed with this young, I mean, there was just such a, she was, she had a fear that I've never felt before with her. The other young girl with the red hair, that's the one. That was Wanda Walkowitz. I feel like he knew her dad, possibly, or maybe in both parents. I feel like they, they, there was some sort of, there was some, some familiarity there. Intriguing. Now, what we know, intriguing similarities in all these cases, obviously all the girls had the same initials. So you yes. had Carmen Cologne, you had Wanda Walkowitz, and you had Michelle Mayenza. Okay. So all three of them had the same first and last initial. Plus all three of their bodies were dumped in towns that started with the same initial. There's a ritual. So, Right. So, so Carmen Cologne was dumped in, in a town called Castle, Castleman or something like that. Michelle Mayenza was dumped in a town called Macedon. And Wanda Walkowitz was dumped in a place called Wilbur. So all of them are bedroom communities of Rochester, which is where this happened, Rochester, New York. So we, we have all of that. It's intriguing that you said what you said about Michelle because so panicked was her abductor that he had to bring her to a burger place and get her a, a hamburger. She was actually seen later. She stayed in the car and he went in and he got her a burger with onions, which was later found in her autopsy. So really intriguing about that paralyzing fear because we know that there were extraordinary attempts made to keep her subdued and keep her quiet later on that weren't exhibited with the first two victims. Yeah. Yeah, she, um, it was almost like you, you hear about the animals when they have like deers or animals and they get so scared they can't even move. And that's, right. she couldn't, there was something with breathing, uh, you know, she couldn't even catch her breath. There was something, she wasn't crying, she was just, it was a fear, it was a fear that was paralyzing. Amazing. Now, another thing, because there were 18 months in between Carmen's death and then the death of Wanda was next, and that was uh, about that was about a year and a half later. But then only six months between the death of Wanda and Michelle. So now I'm curious. For the longest time, mm -hmm. Carmen's uncle was the prime suspect in the in the case. Uh, his name is Miguel Colon, 
And the photo that I sent you of the Pinto is supposed to emulate. He had a car very similar to that. That was only a, you know, a similar car. It wasn't his actual car in the photo that I sent you. But they believe that Carmen escaped from a Pinto, which was late model at that time. And her uncle Miguel happened to own that car. Ironically, 20 years later, almost to the day, he took his own life after killing his wife and his brother uh, by gunshot. And then he committed suicide. So there were a lot of people that thought that Miguel might have been the killer of either just Carmen or all three girls. However, Miguel doesn't look like any of the sketches. So I was just curious if you were feeling anything, if maybe the name Miguel Colon means anything to you, if you're, if you're picking up on that, or if you don't think it was him. I'm not sure if it was him, but I tell you, this person did have some sort of mental issues. Um, I did feel like there was some sort of, uh, like, it would have been obvious to people that have know, knew this person that there was just something not right. It's not something, because his delusions were really, he had, he had like, visions that in his head. Um, and I, there was just such satisfaction after the first killing. Um, and he, he he wanted that euphoria feeling again um, because in, in some delusional way, this would, he would be rewarded. That's what I'm picking up. So I'm not sure, but if it was him or not, um, there was a, a photo of a gentleman that was arrested. I did see that photo. Um, but right now, so, I you know, that photo is Bianchi, Bianchi, the uh, Hillside Strangler. Now, he lived in Rochester at the time, and for quite a while, he was insinuated as being a suspect. In these murders, not on Carmen's body, but on the other two girls, DNA was found. And it was determined that the person that contributed that DNA, which was male seminal fluid, the person right. that, that contributed that DNA was a non-secretor, so they couldn't get uh, prime DNA. And that DNA sample that they did get was enough to exclude certain people. Bianchi was one of the ones that was excluded. That doesn't mean yeah. that he wasn't there or didn't have anything to do with it. And same but thing it with him. Miguel. Right. Okay. That's a, most people didn't think so, but I, it was great. It's great to hear you you say that also. They were in he some sort of a basement. They were in a basement. Right. He took them to a basement. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah, because you know White Bianchi House. eventually went out to uh, went out to California and joined up with his cousin Bono, and they became the Hillside Strangler tandem there in California all those years. Yeah. So you said a White House is what White you House. saw. Yeah, huh. but something that had a basement going downstairs. They were they were taken okay. down. They were taken below. But he it, this very, was, very common. There was some sort of. I know it's like I don't know if it's a. It was like I said, some sort of a ritual. Um, he would be rewarded, as if I mean. So this person, I mean, they were clearly cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And do you think that's um, where most of the bodies as well? I'm sorry. Do you think that's where he disposed of the bodies as well? Or did he maybe take them to another location? Well, he did take them to another location. The locations were found in the three different cities. But um, that's where he did a lot of, um, I, I feel like he kept kept them for a few days, something like that. 
Okay. I was just wondering because I wasn't sure if you had read up on the case or not. I'm sorry. No, I have. Yeah, those okay. I've never read up on any of these cases at all. None. Okay. So That's I good. only have pictures, nothing. I, I prefer to work completely cold. That was another thing I wanted to ask you about the dump sites. Obviously, they were selected. So it's weird. We kind of opined in our original teaser episode on this subject that we thought the girls' names, that it was just kind of coincidental. The reason why we, we believe that is because in order to select these young girls for that purpose, because their names started with the same initial, automatically implies that the person had to have personal knowledge of all three girls prior to abducting. So it wasn't a crime of opportunity, despite no. the fact that that's where he got them. Because all three of them were actually snatched off the street. They weren't they, taken he, from their homes. No, he watched them. They were selected. Right. They were selected. Outstanding. They Ooh, were definitely they selected. This is some sort of, um, and I, I don't know if they all went to school together or there was some, could have been some connection with a school, like maybe this person was a janitor. There is some sort of, like I said, some sort of, get some sort of vision that he was told to do this. Fantastic. So these, now, these girls I'll fill you in on a little bit more of the details. So all the girls, each one of the girls went to a different school. None of them went to the school together. Things that they have in common, they were all Catholic. They were all very poor. They all came from split families. So the mother and the father did not live together in any of the houses. And my opinion on this, now again, this isn't any kind of insightful opinion. It's just process of elimination opinion. Mm -hmm. I believe since all girls were were of limited means and their families were of limited means from split families, there's a very good chance that all three of them were on social services. I am of the belief that this person could be a social worker. It's definitely a um, you know possibility. Um, I don't know how he found them or how he, but they they were they were targeted. These were not yeah, random. To records and and stuff like that, um, he he would have been able to look any of them up. Right. That's and that's what that yeah. would. That answers the question of how did he get the personal knowledge of each one of these girls? Since none of them knew each other in life, and as far as I know, none of their families knew each other in life. Uh, So there has to be a common thread that the police just haven't been able to put together in 50 years that this case has been dragging on. This case a half a century old. Carmen was abducted in November of 71. Uh, you know, so that's I, I was born three months before Carmen was abducted. And and here we are, and it's still there's no, still no resolution. Where all three of them would be. That was the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Say like a mailman, for instance. Uh, just an example. Trash Very collector. Possible. Something like Very that. Possible. That, you know, um, that had, a, you know, somebody that knew, you know, but they, they, are na- they were singled out for their names. They were singled out. There's some right. sort of thing with their names. This was, and then the dump sites were also, I guess, ritualistic. Are you picking up on anything that this person had any kind of connection to the dump sites, or do you think that he was just he just picked those dump sites because they started with the same letter as the girls' names? Well, that's why he picked them, but he knew the area. He knows right. the area. 
And if you look at the, uh, for all the people listening, if you look on the website, www.theveritas7.com, uh, on there, on our case files for this case, we have overlays. We also have a video on our YouTube channel, which is linked there, where you can see uh, an, a, a Google Maps overlay of the area where the bodies were found, where they were abducted, and how they relate to one another. It's a pretty big area. But if you live there, especially back in the 70s, Rochester was one of the bigger cities. In, but if you live there at the time, it wouldn't have been extraordinary for anybody to be familiar with all of those towns because they all were within about a 17 mile radius of downtown Rochester. Hmm. So really, really intriguing there as far as that goes. Um, right now, as far as we know, the authorities there are, they say narrowing in on a familial DNA check. They believe they're very close to identifying who did it, whether that person Ooh. is still alive or dead. They believe that they're very close because they believe that they're going to resubmit DNA that was found on Michelle and on Wanda on their bodies and that there's going to be a familial DNA hit. The only thing they've been able to do so far is exclude because the technology of DNA over the last 20 years uh, hasn't been able to help with a non-secretor uh, to, to be able to positively identify somebody, but it's still good enough to disavow somebody. So you could definitely yeah. eliminate somebody who's a non-secretor without uh, being able to having a, a direct DNA match. So it's going to be real interesting mm -hmm. how that case plays out. Is there anything else that you're getting about this, Gina, as far as um, any of the girls or the suspects? If you look at that um, suspect, those suspect photos, does that is that striking you as maybe that's the guy? No, I just, no. I picked up intuitively uh, just that, like I said, this was some sort of a ritual um, for him and that he believed somehow he was going to be rewarded. Um, I, so I don't know if this was some sort of satanic thing or I'm not sure. I don't want to say that because, you know, there, I don't think there was bones, you know, things the uh, you know ritualistic like that but this was definitely something that he had some sort of six fantasies and a vision um that he was told to do this the other thing after the first girl there was some sort of like i said you know euphoria and you know that he he needed it it, it held him for a while and he needed to refill that and i think that's why and it took him a while to get to because I don't think he's done this before. He did. He hadn't done this. This was new for him. Fantastic. So, just just that's so compelling. That's really good stuff. Are you get are you feeling that there might have been other victims, too, that he didn't get caught for that that haven't been associated with these three murders? Anything's possible, but I, I feel like but the second one was a little bit more planned out. That one was a little bit more planned out Fantastic. With, with the exception of, you know, that the person was so terrified that they couldn't even move. Intriguing. But she was going somewhere One of our listeners. Day. Yeah. One of our listeners asked, do you think that the, uh, the basement was actually the kill site or do you think that they were uh, uh, dumped? They were killed at the, you know, where they were dumped. They were killed in the basement. I believe. Fantastic. Wow. Really intriguing. Are you picking up anything about the method of murder? 
The reason why I ask is because the method of murder, this has been the, the subject of a lot of controversy too. Carmen was killed slightly differently than the other two girls. I feel uh, like Carmen somebody was, went like this. <laughs> somebody covered right. their well, face. Ca- Carmen was garroted from behind. However, behind the it, other yeah. two girls were killed by manual strangulation from the front. So you're very close on how yeah. Wanda and, and Michelle were murdered. But Carmen was, was the only one out of the group that was killed from behind with a garrot. Ligature yeah. strangulation versus manual strangulation. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, I guess that somebody came from behind on her, yeah. And I felt like the front, like they, uh, somebody was also holding their face or something with the face. So besides being strange, I wonder if there was anything in the, in the um, the police reports or the autopsy that said that anything was done to their face, you know, could have been hit or covered. I believe that. Um, there were definitely like on Wanda. Wanda specifically had defensive wounds, yeah. so she fought. None, none was, of these girls went easy. Which one was Wanda? The the the, the redhead, round redhead. Yes, yes, yeah. The redhead was Wanda. The round face girl was Michelle Mianza. And the other girl with the longer hair was Carmen Colon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, none of these girls went without a struggle. None of of them just laid there uh, and and, and took it. Carmen actually escaped, uh, and Michelle and Wanda fought for their lives. They went kicking and screaming. So they got, especially in the case of Wanda, they got DNA on their fingernails. Uh, and and so forth. So they they don't know. They haven't been able to establish if the girls, all the girls, were raped, sexually assaulted. But they have been unable to determine if they were raped uh, pre mortem, anti mortem, or post mortem. Well, I want to say what I believe is they were already dead. the The round one, the round girl with the, you know, by the time that was coming and she knew she was getting the rape, she was crying. So and she was crying. And I think he had to do something like, I don't, you know, um, they were going to run or they were going to scream too loud. Incredible. Well, except for Carmen, except Carmen, except Carmen. Carmen was the first one. She was the one that, you know, that they tried to, he tried to to do first. She might have been, but I think the other two, there was just, especially the last one, listen to what you're saying. And I was going to ask, and I was going to ask, do you think he committed the murder alone? Yes. In my mind, what I pick up. Now, no psychic is 100%. Psychic information is not a full story. It's pictures. Um, But I believe this is one person. Incredible. Incredible. I hope we catch uh, folks. I, I just want to let everybody know too before the show is over that we um if you have questions for Gina during any of our episodes that are going to air, our calendar of episodes is going to be on our homepage. Again, that's www.theveritas7.com. You'll be able to see our calendar of the cases that are going to be coming up in the future. If you have any questions for Gina on any of those cases, you can feel free to submit them to us via Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at the Veritas underscore seven. 
So you can please, you can submit those in advance to Gina. Mm -hmm. We'll have them all set and ready to go. You can also submit them on our Facebook group. And we definitely, if you're going to be a regular listener, we definitely recommend you join the Facebook group because that will allow you to interact with us and chat with us live. That is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Veritas 7. So we definitely hope that you will uh, utilize that, join the group, get involved in the chats, and you can submit any questions that you have for Gina or any other member of our panel that way. So at, just in summation, uh, you know, obviously it's been over half a century since these girls were, were taken way too early. Um, there are some very compelling similarities as far as their names, the dump sites, uh, the way they were killed. Uh, there are also some very subtle Differences and idiosyncrasies that cast just enough doubt to make some people think it was different killers. I, I personally, before I agree with Gina, I, I believe it's the same person that did it. Um, and and I, my 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 own take is that the letters um, were like a red herring that were introduced after. In other words, I don't think Carmen Cologne was picked because her name was Carmen Cologne. But I think that once the media lashed on to that, the killer said, okay, my next victim is going to have the same initials because that's going to be a thing. That's going to add to the ritualistic quality of the, of the killing. So that was just the feeling that I got. What do you think about that, Gina? Or do you think that the, that the letters and the, the, were the, the names were a motivating factor all along? I think they were a motivating factor all along. I think, like I said, I think he had some sort of delusion and was told to go so i mean i don't think it was just a stroke of luck that he got three different victims with the letters you know the first letter in both of their names i think these um young little ladies were targeted for both their age and their names and it, it's clearly going with the dump sites but this person like i said he had some sick delusion that, that he was told to do this and that he would be rewarded uh, by who i don't know but there was incredible. He, he had some sort of visions in his mind. That's amazing. We have another listener uh, that uh, asked the question. Uh, why was the alphabet aspect so important to the killer? Are you picking up anything on that, Gina? Because he was delusional. It was just delusional. Right. He had he had some sort of like, you know, like it's like like the son of Sam said his dog told him somebody told uh or not somebody, something in his mind said that he needed to do this, that this, you know, these people were evil or something. There was something uh, that he needed. And that was the reason he needed to do it. So um, like I said, his, it would be somehow rewarded. He had some sort of fantasy or vision um, after Carmen or right. could have been before. I don't really know. I can't be very specific. But I think if he's still alive and we catch him, him or whoever did this, I think we'll have all those answers then. No doubt. Also, I was always intrigued with the fact that he killed these three girls and then apparently stopped. My, my psychological and forensic psychological knowledge and background through academia is that these people, as demented as they are, don't stop of their own volition. So are you maybe picking up on something like he was incarcerated or like he got killed? Something forced him to stop? Some external, you know, yeah, force? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if all of the above were true um, with this individual. Because I think he was, 
definitely having delusions. Definitely. Definitely having delusions. It'd be, re- it'd be delusions. real interesting. It would be real interesting if they ever thought to look at the uh, uh, the um, the people who were committed in the local uh, asylums yeah. there in the area yeah. to see if any of them had any link to social services or possibly to any of the girls. Maybe they were just committed uh, for evaluation or whatever and kept, uh, you know, and, and, and that ultimately stopped them from killing. Uh, but, uh, you know, meanwhile, the killer's been under their nose this whole time. And for whatever reason, he's just been institutionalized and, and unable to continue his spree. Yeah. Yeah. You think about it. I mean, they didn't have the technology that they have now. So he could have easily went under the radar, even, you know, started having really bad delusions in his family. If he was living with somebody, say his parents or, you know, they they could have sent him away to another another state, another country, you know, something like that. He could have easily gotten through the, the loopholes. I can't believe the price of dog food is getting outrageous. And if I want to save a few bucks, I have to carry a 50-pound bag of kibble up the stairs into my apartment. There has to be a better way. There is. I'm so glad you said something. You poor thing. We've been using TummyTimePetSupplies.com for over a year now. Tummy Time Pet Supplies? What's that? TummyTimePetSupplies.com. They have all the major brands and most smaller brands as well. In fact, we not only get all of our dog and cat supplies there, but they also have everything we need for Brett's chinchilla, Ashley's ferrets, Haley's iguana, and even Jordan's pet tarantula. Wow, they sell all that? And more. But what's best about TummyTimePetSupplies.com is that they ship everything through Amazon Fulfillment. That means that everything you order gets delivered right to your door, and if you're an Amazon Prime customer, shipping is almost always free. That really sounds incredible, but I bet it's super expensive. Mark just got laid off and I can't afford all those special conveniences for a while. Nonsense. In fact, Tummy Time offers some of the most reasonable prices anywhere. You really have to be a whiz and coupon shopping to beat their everyday prices, and when they run sales, forget about it. I can't believe it, an incredible selection, great prices, and right to your door service. So what do you think? I think the next time I buy anything for my pets, I'm going to TummyTimePetSupplies.com. I think that's a very wise choice. Me too. That's right. For all your pet needs, it's TummyTimePetSupplies.com. Remember TummyTimePetSupplies.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Just wanted to take a couple of minutes here before we close out for the night to thank you again for listening to Gifted Insights and to ask you to please take a minute, if you enjoyed the show, to follow the show, to rate the show, and to like the show. It only takes about a minute or a minute and a half on your part, but those metrics really are very important to our sponsors and to our advertisers. So we ask that if you enjoyed the show, to please take a minute to do that because it is extremely, extremely important to us. That's going to do it for us for tonight. On behalf of my co-host and incredible psychic, Gina Nissanoff, this is Kurt Dillon wishing you all a great night. Take care. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.